just one time, I would like to see a movie about a killer dolphin. <laughs> a killer dolphin? Yeah, I've seen we've seen this movie about sharks. Seen the movie about uh, killer whales. I want I want a dolphin. I want a dolphin that somehow gets a taste for human blood. Does um. That dolphin TV show from the uh, 90s, does that dolphin ever go rogue and start murdering Sequest people? Sequest DSV? Yeah. No, is that it? That's not it, is I it? See, I think it is Sequest. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> that's a deep bull, man. I, just, I don't think that's right. Bull. I don't think Sequest DSV has I think dolphin. Sequest does have a dolphin, though, that has uh, like a camera like powers and lasers and shit. I don't Why know is there never a killer dolphin? That's what I'm saying. I guess they're they're mammals. We can write that story if you want. Ooh. Yeah, here we go. First okay, movie put out by B&B. Unless you count Cock Off, which was our, <laughs> our first adult film. <laughs> Welcome to... <laughs> there are two guys trade cocks. Uh. Welcome to Bad Movies and Beer. Uh, <laughs> the most professional movie podcast in the existence of humankind. I'm Cooper. And I'm Nolan. And this week we are talking about Jaws the Revenge... This was a request from one of our social media followers, J.C. Simpson, who is at cult underscore cinema underscore on Instagram. Yeah, that's sweet. Thank you, J.C. We love getting requests from people who listen to the cast, so appreciate it. Yeah, and we've got a few more coming up as we continue on our first season here. We're going to have a couple more later, so please, you know, we always say at the end of the episode, let us know if you have movies you want us to review. It's fucking happening. And I don't know about you, but I had already seen uh, two of the other. This is the fourth Jaws movie. I had seen two of the other three. How about you? It's number four? This is number four. Okay. So I w- had a lot of trouble figuring that out uh, in the movie. I didn't look it up, obviously. But I have only seen number one. Um, directed by Spielberg? That's the first one. Yeah. That's I've, the one everyone's seen. Yeah, I've definitely seen that. But I, after that, I have nothing. I had only seen three because it came on like late night TV one night when I was in university and there's nothing going on. And it was Jaws 3D. And I was like, uh, I don't know about this. But then I saw in the credits, Dennis Quaid is in it. And I was like, I like Dennis Quaid. Yeah, we yeah. got to do this for the Quaid. Take a look. It's um, terrible. It's I, real bad. I, I kept thinking about this movie as if it was number two. It almost feels like it should be because it does link heavily to especially the first one. But I guess it also links to the, I, the one I haven't seen the second one. But I gather the second one involves a lot of the same uh, people as the first one that are referenced in this one. Yeah, it has to at least contain the like main female character of this one, right? Like, no, I don't think so. Is she think, not in it? Oh, maybe. You know what? I shouldn't say. I have no fucking idea. Uh, I don't yeah. want. I don't want to eat like seven. I don't want to put up fucking seven Instagram posts of uh, <laughs> things Cooper was wrong about. Right. Volumes twenty three through fucking twenty eight. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll get into it. All right, but before we get into that, why don't we get into the beer we are having today, which I'm so excited because it is not an IPA of any kind. We are drinking a sour today, and I love sours. Uh, what do we got today? So we're drinking um, a Lee River Blackberry Vanilla, which sounds pretty delicious, blackberry and vanilla. Uh, and this is from Something in the Water Brewing. They are a sour-focused company, I believe, who also wanted to have a bit of a sweet taste. So I think that's where the blackberry vanilla comes in. Yeah, Sounds this is pretty cool. This is their first beer that they've ever put out. Oh wow, okay. They're very early on, I think. I think they might have another one out since then, maybe just one or two. But they're still real small. They're just trying to kind of branch out, establish their brand. So I'm looking forward to this. Haven't had a chance to try it. Yeah, good title. Something in the water definitely connects with Jaws pretty easily. Totally. That was a, a softball there, right? Oh, lobbed right over the plate. Yeah, perfect. Life is sweet. Have a sour. Perfect. That's right up my alley. Awesome. Let's crack this thing open. So we open with an underwater point of view shot, and then that camera surfaces. We've got the familiar music, 
and kind of like a TV movie font. This didn't seem like a movie font. <laughs> yeah, it did seem a little funny. And had they sort of changed the music just a little bit to tell you it wasn't the original? Like, I felt like they modified the John Williams theme just a bit. Well, that's why I said it's familiar. It's not yeah. exactly the same, but it's certainly meant to invoke the feelings of the first one, the very famous John Williams. Well, thing. and I paid attention to it, and they did have to give John Williams credit for it at the start. Like, they had to pay him for using that. Oh, of course. There's no, I mean, that lawsuit would have been a slam dunk. Uh, <laughs> the credits fade out to a close-up of a fish eye. We've got a mom and a son cooking. It's Christmas time, and the mom gets a call from her granddaughter, we hear the name Brody, which we are left to infer. This is the family of Chief Brody, who was Roy Scheider from the original. This is his family. Yeah, so we're, we're getting a call back to the earlier ones. I'm already confused because I've only seen number one. So there are some pieces missing. I do remember that chief. I remember him being a big part of the crew that sort of takes down the shark in, in the first one, right? Oh, big time. And uh, in the next scene, we actually see his picture up in the Amity police station. It's happening in the same town as the original. His son has followed him into the force, and he wants to go home, but the station gets a call about a giant piece of dock that is stuck on a buoy. The Coast Guard's busy, so Deputy Brody heads out to take care of it. So first of all, it's weird that there's a Jaws set at Christmas time. Jaws, for me, is an ocean movie. Like, I picture this being a summertime theme. Well, but they get around that real quickly. Well, yes, so <laughs> we'll get to that. He's, he's like preparing for christmas and they convince him to go out there he sort of denies that he's going to go out there but he's like okay i'll go clear this channel to make it safe for everyone yeah well it's the end of his shift why is it the police responsibility to go clear channels they say the coast guard's busy but since when did the police go out there to clear the water why is the police chief hunting a shark in the first fucking movie i guess because he protects the town but it doesn't make sense to me that the police are involved in that like i know some police forces have their own police boats water units Yeah. yeah But they don't normally have like a random deputy go out and clear stuff. But I guess if you're in a small town, you kind of do everything. And if the Coast Guard's busy, that's why the phone call is there. Like he tries to pawn it off. I'm not going to do it. I guess the Coast Guard's busy. So he's going out to do it. He is. And as he is, we get another brief point of view shot and a very short musical cue. And then it's immediate shark attack. Yeah. Out of nowhere. So the shark comes out of the water as he's trying to uh, use a stick to remove the large pole from the buoy. And it clean shears his arm. Oh, yeah. We get close-ups of teeth. Lots of blood. The deputy pulls back, and yeah, he's missing an arm. Although it does take him a second to kind of realize that. And then we get some just comically bad screaming. He's sitting there screaming. He's yelling for help, and he's laying in the bottom of the boat. Or actually, not even in the bottom. He's laying on the edge of the boat. Well, that's exactly right. He, he, he leans over the edge of the boat while he's calling for help. Which is just, has to be just an all-time bad idea. The guy is missing an arm, right? And that's got to suck. But he has a fully functional boat at this point. He can steer the boat with one arm, but instead he decides to lean over the edge and yell for help <laughs> yeah. after a giant shark just bit him. Maybe he's looking for his arm. Maybe he thought it was <laughs> Help <laughs> me find my arm. <laughs> it's overboard. It's yeah, floating down there somewhere. Oh I don't know. my goodness. Well, as you can imagine, the shark uh, comes back up. And pulls him into the water. And that's it for Deputy Brody. So well, that was a real short well, role there. Yeah, he didn't have a very long role. You kind of... There was a little bit of like connecting him with his mom before he goes into that boat. But very quickly, he gets taken out of this movie. But the crazy thing is he gets bitten by the shark. It like completely grabs him, rips him out of the boat. And then after that happens, he still pops up out of the water again and yells for help again. Yep. This happens like more than once in this movie, and it just baffles me that how do you get out of the giant monstrous shark's mouth 
and resurface and call for help after you've been taken under? Great question. It's toying with you, I guess, or maybe it's I don't. I know. guess so. Well, as we gonna... learned, this this shark in particular has a high capacity for all sorts of mental uh, stuff. Oh my goodness, we're gonna get into that. We sure are. Are. Yeah, yeah. From here, we cut right to his mom. It's Ellen Brody. She is identifying his remains. <laughs> there aren't much remains. I'll tell you that right now. Then from there, we cut to her other son, whose name is Michael, and the granddaughter. They are arriving home. The granddaughter is excited and happy to see her because kids are dumb. Like. <laughs> Come on, read, read okay. the room, kid. Read so, the room. I want to go back to something you said. The body with not a lot to be left behind. Yep. There was actually quite a bit of him left. Like when they kind of show, the shark did not eat him. The shark was not there because he was hungry. And it's at this time I start asking questions. And I'm like, did that shark set a trap? Is this revenge? And then I was like... The title of the movie didn't tip yeah, you Yeah, and then I was like, holy shit, the title of this movie is Jaws the Revenge. And I was like, they're not fucking setting this up that this shark is intentionally hunting this family. So this is, okay, we're going to get into all this later, but long story short, yes, that's exactly what's it happening is, here. Yeah, we're going to go over it. Oh my God, but we sure are. holy fuck, this is where I start being like, no, yeah. no, well, no, no. But you know what though? No. Ellen Brody, Ellen Brody, who is devastated claims this was a targeted attack the shark did this on purpose it waited for its chance to strike which as you're pointing out uh it just sounds insane i have to comment too about while she's saying that so she's saying this to her elder son who's come home to support her right well, i think he's come there because his brother died well he's his brother there. died yeah. and he needs to help his mom right and it's fucking christmas yeah so he goes there um and when they meet on the beach you're going to embrace your mom if something happened, right? Like, you're going to give her a good hug or, like, a, like oh my a God, cry yes. yeah. or whatever. The way that they embrace each other is weird. I honestly don't remember it. So, how they have a quick hug, like, the quick, like, and then they hold each other's faces like they're ready to go in for, like, the hardest kiss you've ever seen. Okay. That's probably the second weirdest kind of familiar affection I've seen uh, in the course of the movies we've watched because... <laughs> John Travolta's face off face wipe oh, remains, okay. remains yeah. the so creepiest. You're right. that, the face wipe that yeah. we we might need to start this as like a poll. What's a the what's the weirdest of the rankings? We a need a ranking of the weirdest family ranking. affections. <laughs> this one's got to be in the top three because it really does look like as they're embracing or about to kiss. And this is while she's holding his face like this tells him that it was a targeted attack. Yeah, and again, that just sounds insane, but her theory is this is the same shark that killed her husband, so I guess we find out that Chief Brody also died in a shark attack. But, but he died of a heart attack, is what Right, the, but what I think Michael it was because... Says. But it was because... Of the of fear the shark, of the yeah, shark, apparently. The fear of the yeah. shark. So I'm assuming now that you've told me this is number four, that that happened in number two. Must have, because number three is set to- totally different. It's yeah, like so, a SeaWorld-type thing, Dennis Quaid, like, worse Yeah, than so it, this yeah, must no, be not, sort of a follow-up to number... Although, hang on, I, now, I'm, now I'm starting to think to myself that maybe Dennis Quaid is meant to be the son of... Or someone else in that movie is supposed to be like this son, Michael, because Michael, we find out, is a scientist who works underwater tagging uh, conch shells, which are snails. He's, or are he's they... a PhD student for a, like a, a oceanography or biology yeah. kind of thing. And yeah, he was tagging and tracking conch shells, which contain snails, sea snails. Yeah. And his his mom at this point wants him out of the water and justifiably so because she's already lost two family members at least. But he tells her not to worry because they've never had a shark where he lives, yeah. which is exactly <laughs> what the people in Amity in the original Jaws said. Like, of all people, man, know your history. Yeah, and they're building it up. And then he goes for a really weird run on the beach. Oh, it's so emotional. These scenes of him on the beach, he runs away. 
his wife is like, where are you going? He's like, nowhere. And then he's in jeans and he goes, yeah. I think he has both a jean shirt and a jean. God, it's jean so, he's not quite the full Canadian tuxedo, but he's got like Canadian yeah. formal wear. And he goes um, for the run. Yeah, man. And then we got the mom at the funeral. He convinces her to come to where they live. They live in the Bahamas, by the way, which is why they don't have a shark there. Because the water is too warm, I guess, is the... Yeah, the funeral is weird. I was having trouble with it because the mom is, like, smiling and almost, like, happy. Oh, the flashbacks. They're really trying to make this connection. She was just getting memories, I guess, as everyone else around her is, like, breaking down and... Yeah, but this, again, he says for her, it'll be good to get out of town, come to the Bahamas. She agrees. They catch the next ferry. And then the world's tiniest plane, which is piloted by... Sir Michael Caine. <laughs> so this was uh, sort of a surprise and yeah. delightful turn here. I mean, he's just cashing a paycheck, let's be honest. He is, but I think this brings up the sort of downtime in this movie, movie considerably. Oh, he's, I mean, my God, he's a charming man. It's great to see him in anything, and he certainly elevates this about as high as you can elevate it. He's actually got a fantastic quote because people ask him about how bad this movie is. His quote is... I have never seen the film, but by all accounts, it was terrible. However, I have seen the house that it built, and it is terrific. <laughs> Which is a, that's a great... He just drops that down there. I yeah. wonder how much of the budget for this film went to Michael Caine. He made over a million dollars, and I don't know what the budget was, but he got paid, like, at the he, time, he got it was paid a decent amount. Yeah. I also wonder, is JC, a fan who requested this, is he a huge Michael Caine man? Perhaps. I mean, he's got a lot of fans of there, for sure. Um, so They're flying uh, down with now Michael we Caine. Now, we find out... In this movie, he's a bit of a degenerate, but he lets the kid fly the plane, which is a nice little thing for like the granddaughter. Now we're in the Bahamas. The kid runs right into the water. She's swinging on a rope over the water, and uh, Ellen Brody freaks the fuck out. She's got like some water trauma here, clearly. Um, we saw a bit of that on the ferry. She got very emotional on the ferry ride. She tells the kid to stop. The kid says, Mom says it's okay. Mom says no. Then she tries the dad. The kid's being kind of a dick here. Like multiple people are telling her not to, and she's just like, "Well, can't I?" And like, "No, no, no." The stop. kid, the kid is being a kid. The that's kid, the move. The kid normally okay. gets allowed to do it and doesn't understand why grandma's having a freak out, and her parents are telling her no now. And yeah. the parents do kind of the like the parents know what kind of state grandma's in, so they they help pull her off, and they'll recover that with the kid later. But that's fair. The son, meanwhile, shows his mom, Ellen Brody, a statue that the wife made. The wife is some sort of artist slash, like, welder. Uh, and to me, this statue really resembles a shark's mouth. Yeah, it Doesn't absolutely it? looks like a shark's mouth. That had to be intentional. And there even looks like a shark fin, too. I don't think it's supposed to. It's supposed to represent the Bahamas and something that it brings. But okay. in the movie, they definitely made it appear to be that and it definitely triggers grandma right yeah she seems a little disturbed but the next time we see her she's in the water swimming she's just swimming in the water she stops suddenly because she seems to sense something she starts heading back to shore but then shark attack there's blood and thrashing but oh it's, it's okay it's just a dream yeah just she, a dream she wakes up in a cold sweat if it hadn't been a dream, I would have been like, what the fuck? She was just telling the kid to go to the water where she wanted. <laughs> so I was kind of saying that anyway. And when it turned to be a dream, I felt silly that I had been like conned by it. Um, uh, the same thing happened to me. So don't feel bad. I was oh. yelling at the TV too. I was like, are you kidding me? What the hell? Like I was really grumpy, but there we go. All right. We see her son. He's at work now. They are taking conch shells under the water. Really, this scene is just an excuse to meet his coworker slash best friend, Jake, who is played by Mario Van Peebles. Yeah, um, I actually looked up Mary Van Peebles after because he seems so familiar. Um, oh, he's been in a bunch of stuff. A bunch of stuff, but he's also directed way more than he has acted. So I thought that was kind of cool. Oh, that's cool, man. 
So um, after kind of a playful fight between the two of them, we cut to them celebrating Christmas together. And again, Ellen Brody is kind of very troubled. She again wants her son to quit his job. He says there's nothing to worry about again. And we immediately cut to a great white shark swimming underwater, which <laughs> this is where we're going we're to rate this movie later. But the implication here is that this is the shark from Amity that is traveling to the Bahamas or may already be in the Bahamas, which how the fuck? Yeah. I have a ton of problems with this, right? Like this makes zero sense. Yes, it does. It's way more fun, I guess, for the movie to like imagine that a shark can be that smart and vengeful. Yeah. But it's absolutely absurd. It's fucking ridiculous. Like sharks travel based on like food availability and they have like their own sort of area that they go they have zero vengeful like parts of their instinct which is i mean this is supposed to be i was gonna say don't tell that to the producers of jaws colon the revenge (laughs) i want to go back to that christmas scene for a second only because i thought there was sort of a memorable line it was pretty funny they're giving out gifts and um michael the son right he gets a just hilarious or a a sweet hawaiian shirt (laughs) (laughs) and jake says may your sex life be as busy as your shirt and i thought that (laughs) (laughs) that's all right i thought that was a pretty sweet thing and then the wife gives him just a little like smirk and smile (laughs) They, they work in a lot of like sex jokes into the movie and i thought that was uh they kind of brought some levity to it and i thought it was kind of necessary jake does that a lot as his character too but yes and actually shortly thereafter we get a short scene of the grandmother playing with the granddaughter uh she senses danger but there's nothing yet but then we get more michael and jake time uh we get some character and plot development here we find out they're out of money but the research isn't done jake suggests that they try the navy but michael's against it because according to him they put bombs on dolphins which that's the movie that's i want to see want. Kind of, a little you want bit that yeah. movie yeah so it turns out Michael's a bit of an idealist, but he also tells Jake, who is black, that um, he hasn't had a hard life. The uh, exact quote is, I think I'd buy that Roots Rock reggae bullshit. Forget it. Cut that hair and you're nothing but a three-piece. Save me from your ignorance, Michael. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Um, it's not a great thing to say no. And um, this movie, like I was trying to think about representations in movies. And Jake has a pretty important role in this movie um, as a black actor. And so I thought that was, um, like, I think that's good. And, I, and it makes sense if they're in the Bahamas that they have so many people who represent the people of the Bahamas. So I was happy that that wasn't whitewashed. Well, I mean, I just, the, just the white character telling the black man that he has oh, that, that no, 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 no. Oh, yeah, God. Yeah, yeah. Not, 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 good. not good. Nope. Back on the beach. Ellen Brody tells Michael Caine about her shark revenge theory, says that she knows it's coming. In the meantime, though, she wants to take a plane ride. Uh, we get a little old person flirting between the two of them. Oh, my gosh. This plane ride, the effects of the plane are awful. <laughs> not so great. They're clearly sitting on a soundstage, and you're having that thing where they're making it look like it's changing in the windows. Yes. It's so bad. The flirting of the old people is pretty funny. That's enjoyable. This is that this like Michael Caine as Hoagie the Hound Dog. He's like, fucking charming. He's trying charming to fuck. yeah, it's a great like get this grumpy grandma into his pants or trying to get into her pants. It's kind <laughs> yeah, of the he's doing. Well, either way, yeah. This is it, one works. it's pretty funny. I I I think that was a sort of good dynamic to keep pushing forward with the movie. Definitely, and he takes her to some kind of local festival called the Junkanoo. 
We get a quick shot of Jake who's doing some underwater tagging and suddenly there's a giant shark right beside him. The shark surfaces. It starts chewing on their science boat. Meanwhile, back at the Junkanoo, Ellen Brody senses the shark as though she can tell it is attacking her son, uh, then ignores it and just starts dancing with Michael Keane. Yeah, she's trying to get past this, but she's not trusting that instinct, which clearly is sort of proving true right now. Yeah, and again, fucking ridiculous, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, of course, of course you cannot have shark sensing, like... Uh, abilities yeah this is insane okay so the guys in the boat are stunned uh what's this shark doing in warm water Uh, this is the first time michael looks like he might actually be a little bit concerned it's clear that the shark doesn't attack jake our one character because he's underwater and he'd be much a much easier target but it goes after michael who's standing on that boat and michael gives a stare out there and i think this is going to be shark versus man time like, you know where something's going to step up and it's going to be, like, humans versus animals. Yeah, yeah. But, no, he just sort of starts backing away, and we're going to talk about that more in a second. We cut then to son Michael, who is kind of creeping on Michael Caine and uh, his mother when Michael Caine drops her off after their date. He's watching him through the window, and his wife lures him away from the window with sex. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember what she said? I actually don't remember. Do you remember what she said? Yeah, I wrote it down. I'll take your mind off things, sailor. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had a woman call me sailor. I, would, <laughs> I think I would enjoy it. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially if you're distracted about your, your mom maybe oh, no, but, getting but, but, boned okay, by old man. That's what I was going to say, because this, this, this is what I wonder about. If you're there looking out the window, being like, what's this fucking guy doing with my mom? Are you going to then immediately want to have sex with someone, or is your mind going to be... How do you like quickly switch from... Like, I don't know if jealous is the right word, but like worried about your mom and some dude trying to bone her well, to then you having sex. That to me, it might be a bridge too far. By the embrace that the mom had with him earlier on that beach, it might be jealousy. Um, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> just based on that, I mean, I'm sure he can imagine whatever he wants as they go into that act with his wife. So I don't know. He can probably get through it. So nothing happens, though, with Michael Caine and Ellen Brody. But the next scene takes place at a casino. It's New Year's Eve. Michael Caine is playing craps. He bets everything he's got, throws the dice, snake eyes. Now, I love that they had to, like, tilt the camera down to see the second dice. They couldn't get a fucking shot with both dice. Is this a budget (laughs) thing? Just shoot it again until he rolls two and they land in frame. Like, come on, man. That's just awful. I didn't Uh, even notice, but that's Oh, trust me, man. Watch it. You'll notice. They have to, like, they literally have to move the camera to see dice number two, which is just atrocious. Later on, Michael cuts in on his mom dancing with Michael Caine because he doesn't trust him. So now he's just slow dancing with his mom, which is fucking super fucking weird. This scene ends with her saying, show your mother what a good dancer you are. This whole thing has made me very uncomfortable. (laughs) Super weird. You've never cut in on a dance between your mom and some some gentleman? Uh, No. And then had her be like, show me what a good dancer. This is fucking so strange. (laughs) It's a really weird thing. I don't like it. The next day on the science boat. Jake wants to bail on the conch and start studying the Great White because they never come to the Bahamas. Michael isn't having it, though. He gets all grumpy grouchy, but Jake convinces <laughs> him to study the shark for just a few days. Okay, we'll do that for a few days. We'll switch back to the conch afterwards. Michael's conflicted, 
Later, him and his wife are having a bit of a domestic, but they power through it and end up having more sex. Okay, um, okay. A couple things in both of these scenes that I wanted padding, to mention. Padding? Sorry. Well, I, I don't know if this is padding. I got a, I got a, got a huge padding, padding alert here. With, with him and his wife having that fight and then had, oh, okay, just had a, straight padding. But go well, ahead. What you, you it did clock in at exactly like 90 minutes, right? So that could be the case. Um, I thought that argument about them fighting over the chasing the shark or the conch was funny. They're talking about why they're studying. But then when he gets into that fight with his wife, they're having an argument about the garbage. He forgot to put out the garbage. Would you know the line that he says before they have sex? I've always wanted to make love to an angry welder. I've dreamed of nothing else since I was a small boy. <laughs> <laughs> that made me chuckle. I like that. That was hilarious. Have I you ever, it, yeah. have you ever like fantasized about a welder? Uh, short answer, yes. And do you know why? Have you ever seen Flashdance? Yeah, she's a she's welder. A welder? In okay, I know the movie Flashdance. Footnote: Cle- We can watch that for a podcast anytime. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know she was a welder, she so is. I probably haven't seen the movie. Okay, yeah, she's a welder, and yes. Okay, all right, all right. That <laughs> tells Beals. me all I need to know. They also have sex with the door open. Their child and his mother are, like, in the house next door and could come out at any time. That's what makes it exciting. Is it? The thrill of getting caught by your own mother. No, it's or not your exciting. own it's child? Like a... Neither of those is okay. I've heard that happens a lot. It's pretty common. Kids will just come in the fucking bedroom. They'll hear a noise. What is that? Is everyone okay? And then it's like, get the awkwardly, like, you know, dismount and whatever. Close your doors or choose a better time. <laughs> We move from that to chumming the water. Yeah. Uh, back at work, they're going to try to tag the shark with like a heart monitor slash transmitter. This plan involves dangling a giant piece of meat off the boat and also uh, Jake so he can jab the transmitter into it. And amazingly, this does not end in disaster somehow. Yeah, it seems really bad. One, the transmitter that Jake creates. Pretty cool that he's able to like engineer that, but it seems shoddy as garbage. It looks like it would fall apart within minutes of it being attached to the shark. And then they're chumming the water, and they've got what looks like incredibly fake beef hanging off of it. Like it's <laughs> really poorly done. They took it out of like a stunt locker or something for, yeah. and just kind of painted it a little bit. But it looked really bad. Um, speaking of dangling things, Michael Caine is driving hard on Ellen Brody. So he orders them a couple of Bahama Mamas, offers to fly her down to the crew. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, you're right. So he gets them some Bahama Mamas, and he's going to fly them down. <laughs> and what I wrote here in my notes is they're ready to probe the shark, and Michael Caine is ready to probe. Oh, that's better than my dangling comment. That's good. Damn it. Yeah, That's no, funny. this was all about the probe in this scene for me. Yeah, well, he's flying her down to the Caribbean. He even appeals to her age by saying that while there are many other women who would love to go with him. I've grown tired of one-way conversations. You know, these young and shallow women. She's old and deep, and it works, and he plants one on her. I just wrote down awkward old kiss is what <laughs> in my nose. It did not yeah. seem like they connected very well. No. Like, Michael got paid a lot for this movie, but not for that smooth. There was no well. on-screen chemistry, for real. No. Like he, like no. He's charming, but the actual physical, no, no didn't not work. good. Nope. Not good. So now they're tracking the shark, but uh, Michael can't stop asking his mom questions about Michael Caine. Apparently, uh, he's got whatever sense his mom has just for a different kind of shark. You know what I'm saying? Booty shark. All they did was kiss. She said, <laughs> booty shark. Is that an expression? God damn it. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> it is now. <laughs> I'm going to need a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a booty 
shirt. <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, so Helen Brody tells her son that all they did was kiss. And now I'm getting confused about what this is. Is this movie like how Ellen Brody got her groove back? Like, what is what is happening right now? Well, that was weird because it does feel like the only purpose for Michael Caine to be here is to, like, create a love interest or, like, get her to move on past her feelings of, like, sadness through feelings of sexiness, I guess. I guess, but I'm like, literally, I'm like, is this, this whole movie now a mature woman romance? Is that what it is? It does feel that way, and they spend a lot of time kind of setting it there. And I don't know if that made me like the movie less or more. So <laughs> find out later. <laughs> like I was confused, it. right? Yeah. I was kind of like, are these Michael Caine scenes the best part of the movie or the worst part of the oh, movie? That's a great question. Anyway, now her son Michael is having nightmares about the shark. Afterwards, we get a pure padding scene where him and his daughter make fish faces at each other. Which okay, I mean, this shows that he's got a lot to lose, and we get a little cutback of like him and his dad making faces. So there's something there, but like. This still feels like them just trying to stretch this movie so, out to me. I actually wrote down that this was just sort of a cute scene of the kid oh. and dad copying each other. I thought it was purely for building sympathy well, for yeah, Michael, that's, who, that's, who I felt like they were about to put in a really bad situation. I mean, we see him taking snails right after this, which is bad timing because the shark is coming. He goes to get out of the water, but not fast enough. The shark attacks his mini-sub. He's in like a mini-sub. He has to eject, and then we get a bit of a swim chase. Yeah, I I don't know if I have seen a shark versus swim chase before, which was kind of neat. And where does he go to hide himself or escape? Well, luckily, there happens to be an old sunken boat. Yeah, is this, like, <laughs> this seemed both uh, convenient and, is ludicrous? this canon? Like, was this the first time a shark has chased somebody in one of those sunken boats? Or is this something that has to happen all the time when you see humans and sharks interact in the water? There's always a sunken ship. There's always a sunken ship, and they're always chasing something in there, right? I was led to believe as a child that like there are sunken ships like every 15 feet in every body of water in the world. <laughs> um, so he hides in the sunken boat, but the shark breaks through the wall, which is actually a pretty good shot. There's a nice little shot of that happening. So he breaks the end of his scuba tank, which launches him up to the surface because all the gas escapes. That was pretty cool, man. Pretty cool escape. Yeah, I actually thought that was pretty clever. Uh, I didn't know how deep he was. Like, I don't think he was super deep, so he wasn't really going to have to worry about getting sick from that process. Oh, the bends. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I, I thought that that was a smart way to sort of escape and launch yourself to the surface. Sure. Now, after this sort of thing, most people would probably take a couple days off. But the next day, Michael is going right back in the water. You got to get back on the horse, you know? I, I, I just wrote, what the fuck? So huge in my notes i i yeah. understand that idea of not wanting to be afraid but you know there is a shark that is hunting you well he knows but, this well, he knows this no he i mean he thinks this jake tries to put his mind at ease he tells him that it was probably all a coincidence but michael is like why did he only try to eat me did, did jake i think maybe jake tells him that he only likes white meat i mean if that wasn't the quote congratulations yeah. you're a better screamer than whoever wrote jaws there we go. uh we get a little jump scare from an eel real quick before we yeah, that was a big-ass eel. Yeah, meanwhile, uh, he's missing the big unveiling of his wife's sculpture. It's on the beach, and their daughter wants to go in the water, so the mom lets her go just to shut her up because, again, this kid is just grinding on everyone's nerves. <laughs> 
<laughs> is it just me? Is it just me? Yeah, no, the kid was cute. Oh, the, Almost, mom, the mom wants her to get the fuck, her, get the well, fuck out of there. Well, I agree. The mom wanted to be in the moment and wanted her to, like, give her a little space. I thought that was weird because as, as a parent, I thought you'd want your child to see you sort of get that recognition for that. But the kid's going to disrupt the whole ceremony. I, I guess she was. Like, I don't know. But so, so the kid goes off into the water on the banana boat. She does. And wouldn't you know it, while she's in the water... Her grandmother, Ellen Brody's shark sense goes off. But for real this time, she sees the fin. It's a shark attack. The shark snatches an adult off the same banana boat the kid is on, but she survives. Strangely, instead of being super rattled, Ellen Brody has like a steely focus. And suddenly she's just on a boat. Like, she's on a boat. Yeah, her granddaughter gets rescued. And then, yeah, immediately she takes off on Neptune's bounty. Right, the boat that they the used the boat? before, yeah, That's a good name. the name of the boat, and then she is gonna go hunt down that shark. I thought Michael was gonna do this earlier. When I said it was man versus shark, I thought that's what it was going to turn into. It's but woman no, versus it shark. It is woman versus shark. She is going to stop this one way or the other. There you go. Michael comes home. Meanwhile, he has no idea what happened. He finds out and is like, "I knew it." Which what? <laughs> And then, uh, of course, the wife is pissed at him for not warning her about the shark. Oh, family. yes. She understandably has questions. She's not happy to hear that he knew there was a shark. Uh, but there's no time for that, though. He's got to go find his mom before the shark does. And it definitely will, because now he is all in on the revenge theory. Yeah, he believes it. And he goes and runs and grabs like a really small boat. Well, but they're not going to they're not going to use the boat. Him and Jake take that boat. They go and they take Michael Caine's plane. Well, they're on the boat yeah. on their way to go do yeah. it and they run into Michael Caine fishing. Oh, okay. And he tells them, "What are you doing? Why don't we go use the plane?" But to what end? I'm thinking about this and like they're in a plane even if they, it's not a fucking seaplane. It doesn't have the pontoons. They're going to the be able to see. You're right. How are they going to eject? There? They're going to yell but, stuff at her. But Michael Caine has. What is, to, sorry, Michael what, Caine. What is her plan? She's going to go find and kill that shark. I guess I don't know how she's going to do it. That's my point. She has nothing in there to kill the shark. Yeah, Michael Caine just wants to find his boo, though. He just wants to get out there and like <laughs> go get her. She's hunting the shark, and the booty shark is hunting her. Yeah, exactly. Michael Caine is the booty shark. <laughs> God damn it. Um, after radioing for help, Michael Caine decides to land the plane by crashing it into the water. Well, this is after they find her. Sure. And then he crashes the plane in the water. They radio for like the Coast Guard and then he lands the plane. Yeah, this is crazy. The shark has already found the boat though. Well, so okay. So only after landing the plane does Jake tell Michael Caine that the shark will be attracted to the electromagnetics of the plane. Yeah, but the why not tell him that before you land it? Okay, but the reason why they land it or they do an aggressive flyover because the shark is attacking, and he decides the only way to save Ellen Brody. Yeah, Ellen Brody is to get that that plane down, and it makes no sense because it is not a water plane. You are right. And then when they hit the water, we find out that the shark is going to be attracted to that thing. And it is. Michael and Jake make it off the plane, but the shark attacks just as Michael Caine is trying to get off, which I think it was the same shot of the shark coming out of the water from earlier in the movie. I'm 90% convinced it's the exact same shot. They have replayed that one, I think, several times. That large teeth and kind of like jumping out piece, yes. Yeah, so now he's seemingly dead, but actually it turns out he's okay. He shows up on the side of the boat, just like, fine. Yeah, I thought he was gone. I thought he was How? dead. How is I thought Michael Caine right? was going to eat it, but of course he's too good for that. So he survives the attack from the shark, holds his breath, gets up, and he makes it to Neptune's bounty. And now it's plant time. we got to rig up a couple of strobe lights to electrocute the shark. If they can get it to eat one, they'll send an electrical charge that'll drive it crazy. Now time is running out, so Jake goes out on the bow to stick it, 
but he goes out without a line, and when the shark comes, he falls right into its mouth. Yeah, well, kind of. I like he the the shark bites him off of it. It actually takes a piece of that the thing on the front of the bow, the yeah, bowsprit, yeah. I think it's called. He takes Jake and the bowsprit and in their mouth and goes down. But Jake does get that thing in its mouth. He does. And when he falls, uh, Michael yells, I wrote that down too. It's the, it was poor. It, it was, was poor. It was, it was not good. Really bad. Not really convincing at all. I would have gone with the no. Yeah, the Jake yell was pretty garbage. Bad but, stuff. But Mike gets pissed now. He does. And now that the strobe is in, as you mentioned, they are after it. The hunter has become the hunted. Uh, they spot the shark. They're heading right for it. Now Ellen Brody is starts seeing scenes from earlier movies flashing in her head. Okay. But what were you gonna say? No, you go ahead. She was not in those scenes. So she could not possibly have seen these things that she is now seeing. What the fuck? I am throwing my hand up and fist at Cooper right now. You can't see that because I wrote the exact same thing down. She wasn't there. She's seeing shit that never happened in front of her. She's seeing the scene of her son from earlier in the movie dying. She wasn't fucking there or she would have done something. No, this is complete horseshit. But whatever. It's meant to invoke the emotional response in us, the viewer. Michael hits it with the charge. And it bursts out of the water and roars. Which, do sharks roar? I don't think they do. <laughs> uh, it's angry because that thing is clearly disrupting it. Yeah, but sharks don't roar. Like, what is this? Uh, not that I know of. To yeah. make it seem more monstrous? Yeah. It's fucking horseshit. Ellen Brody rams the boat into it and it explodes. But why does it explode? Yeah, this is crazy. She, they steer the boat right into it and they jam that broken bowsprit. That like thing that sticks out the front of the bow. Right through it. And for a second, I think you're going to get like a cool impaled shark nope. on it. It's an explosion. It explodes, and so does the ship. Why does it explode? If you stab something with a fucking toothpick, it doesn't explode. No, and neither would the ship. Like, why does the ship also get so broken to pieces? Yeah, they, they all fall in the water, and everyone's okay. And when I say everyone, I mean literally everyone. As inexplicably, Jake is like, hey, guys, I'm over here. What the fuck? Yeah, I... He was he <laughs> fell in the shark's mouth. Yeah, I thought Jake was done. Clearly, the shark didn't want to kill him. I don't know. God he wasn't damn. vengeful. This is um, absurd. He doesn't like dark meat is what like the movie <laughs> kind of tells us, is what I'm told. Uh, I was kind of happy about that because usually the black character gets just killed really quickly in almost all of these movies. So you're like, oh, at least he lived. Okay, well, I have some bad news for you. This ending is not the original ending to this movie. Really? In the original ending to this movie, the shark does not explode. They do impale it with the bow. What do you call it? A bow? Bowsprit. Bowsprit. Uh, and it bleeds out. And also, in the original ending, Jake is dead. Okay, that makes he dies. sense, though. It does. But I guess the studio did not want this to happen, or I don't fucking know. They thought an explosion would really drive it over the top. So the ending got changed. And we're now witnessing a bullshit explosion and Jake, who <laughs> fell directly into, into the mouth of a shark, yeah, yeah. being totally fine. Yeah. And you know what? It's not like the shark wasn't trying to eat him because it did. They used to kill him, but it bit him off the yeah. fucking oh, bowsprit. Yeah. It definitely did, yeah. There's no reason he should be alive. He, they pull him off on the boat. He and Michael agree to stick to snails from now on. And that's pretty much it. Ellen Brody's heading home. Everyone says everyone can come visit her in Amity this summer. And we get the fucking credits. And, and it's happy. Like, everything's good. Yeah. Everything is fine. 
Yeah, like none of this is going to scar the rest of, like for them for life. They're fine. Oh, we'll see you in the summer. Come visit. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> this is ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I agree. So, um, first of all, let me just say, what a great request this was. Yeah. Way to go. JC Simpson called underscore cinema underscore on Instagram. Great request. Thank you for that because this movie exactly fits what we're trying to do here. <laughs> what a pile of horse shit. Yeah. I can't even believe it. Yeah. it. This feels to me similar just generationally. The comparison I have to this movie are the Jurassic Park 3 kind of feeling to me. Like Jurassic Park 2 and 3. Never seen it. Oh, well, that they could be here. Okay. Right. They could be on the podcast because it's one of those where you're taking this sort of feeling and experience of a movie that was really, really successful and then doing something so bafflingly fucked up that it doesn't sort of fit that theme anymore. Well, right? it becomes it becomes a how do we raise the stakes game, right? Where it's like, well, okay, the first one is, well, how do we make it? It has to be worse. Now what? Now what? Now what? And it becomes, it becomes the shark is out for revenge. <laughs> except, <laughs> except. Yeah. You know what? Let's get to our ratings. First okay, let's do because it. Because it's time. Uh, every time we do this, we rate the movie on a scale of 1 to 10, but we do it twice. 1 to 10 for how bad it is. 1 to 10 for how enjoyable it is. The goal is to find a movie that is 10 out of 10 on both scales, as we call it, the Crit, Crit 20. 20. 20. 20. 20. 20. And I will tell you right now that for me, this movie is 10 out of 10 bad because the whole premise is complete nonsense. <laughs> this is completely impossible. Uh, Let's start with this. Let's start with this. The shark in the first movie that uh, Chief Brody helped kill. Yeah. Uh, he killed is dead. So that shark cannot be back for revenge. Pretty sure the shark in Jaws 2 also gets killed. Therefore, it also cannot be back for revenge. Now, you could maybe try and say that this is like the son of the shark, the same way that fucking Michael is the son be. of the... Gotta be. Okay. Um, how does a shark find out that its father was killed by a specific human? Is there fucking shark newspapers? Is there shark news reports? Is there a shark court where Chief Brody was convicted of murdering this first shark? How does news spread from one shark to another? <laughs> it's complete fucking uh, horseshit. That's well, part one. Well, Here's part two. Okay. Amity is in the New York, New, G New Jersey, North, uh, Northeastern yeah. United States. Okay. The Bahamas are, I don't, I'm not, I don't know geography, some thousands of kilometers away. It's a long distance. Miles, if you're in the States, we're Canadian. Ellen Brody flies to the Bahamas. And like we are led to believe that about one day later, the shark is just fucking there. I don't know how fast sharks swim. I don't know how far sharks can swim. How the fuck does this shark make it there in the amount of time to terrorize them so quickly? But furthermore, how does the shark know where they fly to? They get on a plane that leaves the ground and goes into the sky and goes somewhere else. The shark can't see them. It can't watch them. It can't follow them. It just randomly happens to guess and pick the correct country that they that they landed in and fucking gets there in like a day. It's completely ridiculous. <laughs> this movie does not hold up to even the tiniest uh. bit of scrutiny. It's complete horseshit. It's a 10 out of 10 bad because the very premise on which the whole movie is built is garbage. It's awful. Are you a marine biologist? Get the fuck out of here. Have you studied don't, sharks? Don't try and, do not try and do defend you know this absolute horseshit. Do have sources of extra senses that maybe humans don't have? I don't give a fuck what those extra senses are. You can't track someone who flies thousands of miles to a different country. It's bullshit. As soon as she stepped foot on ground or in that water, it maybe had her scent. You know what? Tell me your rating. Tell me your rating. It's bad. Don't, you're, you're acting like you're trying to defend this. You're yeah. acting like you're, you're rating for this bad. Tell me. 
I read it as an eight bad. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> what? Um, Tell me a good thing about this movie real fast. Go. Michael Caine. Is he? I mean, he's charming. Yeah, but you I, give it. I enjoyed the okay, Michael Caine. Now, uh, to be I fair. I enjoyed the piece of this movie. I might be answering my own question. I thought I, about I thought about making it a nine because Michael Caine's enjoyable. But yeah. I can't get over. If I gave Face Off a 10 out of 10 based on the fact that the premise is ludicrous, I have to yeah. do the same thing here. I mean, I, I'm not disagreeing with the points you've made now. I'm playing devil's advocate because it's fun to rile you up. But I think maybe I'm rating this in the wrong way for bad because of the enjoyability factor, I guess. And and maybe we should go back or we'll get to that in a second. But I thought it had, like all kind of Jaws movies, good musical cues. I thought some of the banter and like comedic sexual stuff was funny. Uh, <laughs> I, I liked the some of those dialogue pieces. Of course, all of the shark shit is garbage, right? Yeah, it's real bad. It's absolutely garbage. It's ludicrous in what it does. But if I can put that to the side... I think that I'm going to give it just for it sort of like the rest of the pieces in eight bad. I am stunned that this thing <laughs> is only getting eight bad from you, but that's fine. You mentioned enjoyability. How enjoyable is this movie for you? So this one, I gave it a seven. I found that I was getting sucked in at times. I, I don't know what it was, um, but I did feel like I was connecting with the Michael character and I was worried about him getting eaten by that shark. The things that <laughs> the things that brought me to how that was possible or how it could happen, I was also angry that he didn't take a better like stand against the shark earlier, right? And that he'd made some stupid decisions, but I wanted to see him survive that process, I guess. Okay, I'm going to defend Michael here for one second because you say he made stupid decisions, but wouldn't the stupider thing be to believe that there is a fucking shark who's out for revenge and tracked your family over several thousand miles of air flight and is now terrorizing you? I think it would be stupid to act on that. Yes, in this one case, he was wrong because he's not living in the real world. He lives in the fucking movie world. <laughs> but like 999,999 yeah. times out of a million you would be it, absolutely so correct. That is talking, not what's going I'm on. I'm more talking about his return to the water after encountering the shark. Ah, uh, you know, I even that I I feel like there's a justification there because they say that if you you know if you almost get like hurt or killed doing something, you should do it again right away so you don't have the fear build. Like you regain your confidence because the longer you stay away from it, the less confident you are. It's going to stick with you more. I get the back on the horse mentality. Again, I'm not trying to defend this horse shit. Having said <laughs> that, I think you might get mad at me in a second. For me, enjoyability, this movie is an eight. Okay. Even though it's ludicrous. All right. So you really just, liked you, it, even though it's so you oh, I'll yeah. tell you, you you asked what it is. You you weren't even sure why you gave it a seven. Yeah. I'll tell you what it is. The premise, not the premise of the plot, but the premise of there's something that you can't see, like lurking underneath the surface that can attack at any time. It's just a built-in device where there's automatic tension. It worked so well in the first movie because it just it just works well. It works well at all times. The unknown of like what's down there, like a lot of people think the ocean is terrifying, and this is a lot of this has to do with what this is. And then like you get the Michael Caine performance where he is charming. He's fucking Michael. He's a pro. He showed up. <laughs> he cashed his paycheck. He bought a nice fucking house. Yeah. He's having a good time. And also, if I'm being totally honest, and this this I, I'm embarrassed this worked on me, but some of the flashbacks and the cutaways to like footage from the first movie. It's meant to make you remember the good movie. Yes. And it does. Yeah. I was like, ah, oh, fuck yeah, man. Jaws is good. And so because of that, like that that good 
memory that goodwill gets transferred onto this movie a little bit and so for all these reasons i ended up enjoying it more than you when you thought it was less bad than i thought it was what a world it's funny i think that sometimes our rating system is hard right because it's purely um like we just make it up it's it's it's, (laughs) right it's purely subjective it's hard to um sometimes separate the enjoyability from bad factor Oh, right. producer John was famously furious that we gave that I gave Silent Night Deadly Night a, a crit twenty because he was like, "You spent the whole thing talking about how like and much you enjoyed it." I'm like that, that's the enjoyable factor. Like that's what it is, right? Like it's it's hard to separate. It sounds like we're enjoying it, but it is also bad. Yeah. So I uh, I think that's one of these movies where it falls in that sort of gray line for me. It could have went either way, but because I had my enjoyability where it was, I almost couldn't make it that bad. It was funny. It's one of those strange, like... Yeah, but it's, it's interesting just, that we just went the different directions with it. Yeah, like, I thought I it was more bad. You thought it was less bad. Uh, I thought it was more enjoyable. You thought it was less enjoyable. I don't know. Yeah. It's a weird combination. What did you think about this beer? Yeah, I liked it. Um, it was uh, mostly, I think, and I think you might have a similar sentiment, the sort of traditional sour with... The blackberry flavor, not a ton of vanilla coming in there, but that might just be the sweetness sort of that it lingers with it. I won't lie to you. I didn't mind that. I'm not a huge vanilla guy. And so when I saw that it was blackberry and vanilla, I got a little bit nervous. The blackberry's there for me, um, and it's got that just tart, refreshing, sour flavor. So I enjoyed it a lot. I'm actually looking forward to seeing what else they come out with. I would drink this again for sure. Yeah, check out Something in the Water Brewing. Uh, in Ontario, it's available in the LCBOs. And yeah, I believe you can also order online, uh, depending on where you live, if you're in Ontario. If you're not, well, I don't know what to tell you. Our liquor law is kind of restrictive. We apologize. Anyway, um, that, I guess, will put a bow on Jaws the Revenge. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the BMB Podcast, or uh, if you want to send us any recommendations, you can do so at the BMB Podcast at gmail.com. And we'll be back next week to watch Total Recall. But wait, don't get excited. It's not the good one. (laughs) It's the remake with Colin Farrell. I haven't seen it. I'm expecting it to be terrible because I love the original. So um, the original is a Arnold classic. It is. I haven't. I haven't seen the original or the remake. So good God, you have not seen the original Total Recall. No, my only experience Total Recall is a very bad Nintendo Entertainment System game. Oh, that game was so bad. Really fucking awful. Yeah. Well, I would expect that game to still be better than the Colin Farrell movie that we'll be watching next (laughs) week. I don't know. We'll have to find out then. Until then, I'm Cooper and I'm Nolan, and we'll see you next time on Bad Movies and Beer. Keep it sharky. <laughs> this time it's personal. <laughs>